This is FBG Jen. And FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Life is too short to waste time on things that just aren't important. And you weren't put here to worry about your weight or the number on the scale. If you're ready to break free from all that diet culture BS, if you're ready to take your power back, check out fitbottomgirls.com forward slash coaching to learn more about our signature online program, Love Your Body, Love Your Life. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hello. And we have FBG Kristen. Hey. And Jen, you and I were on this interview today that we have with Sarah Yamtich. Can you talk a little bit about her and her business and how you knew her, know her? Yeah. So Sarah and I crossed paths in college. That's how we first met. And she she's tall. She's redheaded. And, and I mean, that's, that's and she was into yoga. That's pretty much all it takes for me to be like, hey, should we be friends? Um, <laughs> and we we became friends. We became friends. We headed off. And she she's always been very um, a little woo, a little hippity dippity, which you will get all of that in the in the episode. But like just emotional and empathetic and um, she's just she's got a big heart. She's got a big soul and she's just a really, really lovely person. And so we, you know, knew each other in college and then kind of lost touch. And then I think it was most likely Facebook that brought us together now that I'm thinking about it. And, um, you know, when I started the bottom girls, she was kind of interested in that. And then, cause she was doing the yoga stuff and she liked what we were doing. And so there was a stunt where she was a health coach and she was not a health coach, but a life coach. And then she wrote a couple articles for, um, for us, which were great. Like one was about how you, you should resolve to stop gossiping. So she's just done a lot of like really cool content for us, um, which we can link out to if you want to read it. They're great posts. So she did that for a little bit. And then she had some other kind of things happen in her life and we kind of drifted apart. And then we ended up being pregnant at the same time when I had my daughter or my first daughter. So then we became kind of like pregnant buddies because like we were almost like synced up in the weeks of our pregnancy, maybe like a week or two off. So it was, it was just crazy. So we would text each other and be like, Oh my gosh, you know, this happened at my appointment or I'm so nervous about this part of labor or whatever. And I remember she went into labor just before I did like a week or so before um, and swap stories. And then once we had both of our, you know, first kids, we talked, we would, we talk on the phone about them and it, it, she was just a really like, close mom friend that I had um that was really really great and then since then because our kids our first kids are now four she's she's gone on and she's moved and she's switched jobs and now she runs her own company which is a marketing agency that does everything on Facebook basically she got heavy into Facebook ads and marketing but wanted to work with entrepreneurs who you know had a vision and had a, a larger purpose than just making money that they wanted to yes make money but they also wanted to change the world so I thought she was just doing super cool things and I mean she's like a morning ritual that she talks about in this interview mm-hmm. and talks about, I think Costa Rica and just all kinds of different stuff. It's all over, it's, it's all over the place, but in like a really, really good way. 
but she's just a great person. She's just a great person to listen to. You guys are going to be inspired by her. She She's super smart. Yes, she's into the woo, but she also is really into analytics, and uh, she creates Facebook and Instagram ads. And so if you've ever found yourself buying tons of stuff, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram ads, that's kind of what she does for a living. And she just <laughs> talks about entrepreneur, entrepreneurs. And I guess I wanted to ask you guys, like, Facebook's been in my life since I think 2008 is when I, I was pretty early adapter to it. How do you use it in your life? Do you check it a lot? Do you check it once a day? I mean, how has it changed for you? Um, so I, I check it all the time, mm-hmm. um, both for <laughs> personal and, and business, but I mean, honestly, more for personal. Um, but the thing that I've found it super, super helpful for outside of business, because obviously that is a huge drive for, for us. I mean, social is, is massive, but, uh, like, so just yesterday I, there was a stray dog running down the road in front of my house, which I feel like this has been a conversation that I've had on this podcast several times because it happens <laughs> kind of a lot. Um, but this, this beautiful German shepherd goes running down the road. So I, my husband was by me and I said, grab your, grab your shoes. And I grabbed a leash and we went out and she came right over to us. Um, and she didn't have a tag. So we got her, we, we took her over to the nearest vet and had them scan her and she was microchipped, which yay. yay. Um, but none of the phone numbers associated with the microchip were, were picking up boo. Um, so we, but fortunately that, that was like, oh yeah, we've seen this dog and they looked up the, the owner's information. And I'm not sure why none of the numbers there were working. I think maybe I'm not really sure that was unclear, but, um, but at any rate, they gave me the name. So then I tracked them down on Facebook found out that um, they owned a restaurant or managed a restaurant. So I called the restaurant and interrupted a meeting that they were in. But I'm like, so I, I think I have their dog. I, you know, I can hold on to her. They can call me back, but it would be good to get in touch. And yeah, they, they ended up getting right back with me. So we got the dog reunited with her family quite quickly, thanks to Facebook. And in the meantime, I had already posted her information to a local lost and found pets page and had all of these people who you know, we're ready to jump in and help me track down owners using whatever information we could find. So just in addition to, you know, using it professionally and even just using it for, you know, fun personal reasons, my God, it can be a useful tool. Like, yeah, it can really be helpful. It can be. And I found the, um, like the, some of the, not all the mom mom groups you know any group can get crazy oh yeah but um there's pros and cons oh, yeah. everything <laughs> they can get super crazy but there are I mean I'm in some of the moms of multiple like Facebook groups or nursing multiples groups and it's just like a such a specific thing that people have such specific questions about and a, such a specific experience that it's I mean it's been great like I feel like it's you know like reading like almost an expert book and seeing how lots of different people do it it's been I mean, it's been so helpful to me. But yeah, I've been on Facebook forever, but I check it way too much. Really, I do. There's something about like when the notification bar, you know, has like the little number. Yeah. Of red. That I, it's like, it's like, you know, emails that haven't been read. It's like, huh, I feel compelled to clear that. Yeah. You know, before you know it, it's, it's been like 30 seconds and there's something else that you probably don't need to check, but there, it's there, you know. <laughs> I have to say it's the best way for me to know who's having a birthday. 
and and yeah. who's getting married Good story <laughs> and pregnant and moving and you know or bad things happen in the dumb yeah. or sad things i mean it's like it is the best way to get information out and so it's i I don't know. I have friends that, that say like the only t- because of the politics of the last few years, they check it less often. But I find I just stick to the people and the stuff that I do enjoy. And and but but believe me, by the way, podcast groups get really crazy. But you don't want to get to. Oh, my God. There are so many podcasts and there are so many like big egos and stuff in the business. So, you know, I'm like, I'm just looking to get some tips and meet some people, you know, <laughs> I don't want to get in a fight. But no, it's the best. I think it's the best way for me to like really keep on top of the peeps that I really love and care about just keeping in touch with them. Sometimes people are more open there for some reason, you know, versus sending an email or something. Do you guys like Instagram or Facebook better? I ooh. Instagram is more fun for me because that's more just like puppies and kittens and sunsets like that's and my friends. Yeah, they're very different for me. Like right? Yeah. Um Facebook is is definitely more um like there's more communication that happens on there for me. You know, and more more commenting happens, both in terms of me commenting and other people commenting on my stuff. But I I really do love Instagram, and I love I love looking through people's stories. Mm. Um, I mean, I just I think that's fascinating. And I will also say that Instagram is where I'm more likely to follow up on follow up with like um, like with celebrities who I like, especially when they're doing a yeah. press tour. Yeah. Um, because it's it's really interesting to see some of the kind of behind the scenes stuff and the logistics. And it will not surprise anyone to know that I was totally following with um, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson <laughs> as they were doing their men in black press tour around the world. Um, but of course both of them, like both of them are funny and interesting. And like, I felt like I was right along with them. So, and I don't know, I don't get, I don't have that same feeling on Facebook. Well, and I wondered too, because I signed up for Instagram so many years after yeah. Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, it, who I'm, who I'm connected with is, is very different because it's such different times in my life. And yes. I think I did start seeing Instagram in a different way when I signed up because it was just so visual and obviously it's changed um, a lot since its inception, but it's just really interesting. I find I get more into like, I, I don't know. I almost feel like Instagram's like my, is even more of a bubble for me mm-hmm. than Facebook. Yo, yeah. Or, you know, like I, I, I rarely see anything that's like not nice on Instagram. And if I do, it's because usually someone's commenting on something else that isn't cool, but there's still some sort of like positive spin on it. Like haters ain't going to stop me today. Like that sort of thing. I don't know. It's really interesting. Well, there's a certain amount of woo in this episode. Like we told you before, her last song that she talks about, I'll just spoil it now, but it's Binaural Beats. (laughs) And I'm talking about late to the game. I just got into Spotify like six months ago. But it's amazing. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Spotify's great. Oh my God, you guys. Follow me at Margot Donahue, by the way. I put all my workout playlists on there, but I I found Binaural Beats there and it's just like, it's so cool. It's like this very hippy dippy kind of music that she uses to change her aura. You guys will love Sarah, by the way, our our interview today. Like her daily routine sounds really fun, but very focused. And I, I bet it's the best way to start a day, especially if you're as busy as she is. Yep. Yeah. So 
What about stickers? What do you guys think about stickers? I'm 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 woo woo about stickers. I love yeah, stickers. I'm I'm on a pro sticker platform. <laughs> I love me some stickers and we made some Fit Bottom Girls stickers just for you guys that listen to the show. So if you'd like a sticker, please send us an email. It's podcast at fitbottomgirls.com. We'll drop them in the mail for you. Please be sure to subscribe to the show. That way you'll never miss an episode. And if you leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the air. And guys, I say let's get right into our interview with Sarah Yamtich. Diets and restrictions don't work. After years of experience in our own lives and with thousands of readers, listeners, and followers, we know that the information and formula in our signature online program, Love Your Body, Love Your Life, does. And by listening to this podcast, you can save 20% when you use the code FBGPODCAST. So sign up and save at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash coaching. Sarah Yamtich is the owner of Resonate with Sarah, a Facebook and Instagram ads agency supporting mission-driven entrepreneurs who want to amplify their impact and make money doing meaningful work. She helps businesses escape the overwhelm of DIY and inauthentic ads and makes marketing a damn near spiritual experience. She has a master's in social work, a yoga teacher training certification, and is a single mom to her son, Indiana. She stays fit and spiritually connected through her badass morning ritual, which consists of dance, yoga, strength training, meditation, and journaling, all before her son wakes up. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Yay, thank you. It's so good to be here. It's so nice to have you here. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hello. And I'm going to ask you the first question. I just want to talk about women as entrepreneurs and social media. Why do you think so many women are finding success there? Oh, you know, this is, I love this topic. Um, in fact, like on my website, I have this like promo video where I talk about how the, this, this online entrepreneur space, it seems to be like pretty much woman dominated, right? Like mm-hmm. that feels amazing that there's this woman dominated space in business. It's so exciting. Um, why that is, you know, I think it's because social media and this, um, it it allows us to cross, to create community across geography and women, you know, not to be essentialist about it or overgeneralized, but I think in general, women really, really love community and peers and networks and we thrive in that kind of environment and so gone are the days of like sitting in an office and being so totally isolated now we have like i i have you know y'all as part of my community i have people all over the world as part of my community and i can like collaborate with you across the country and across the world so that's one reason why i think social media is super woman dominated right now so tell us a little bit about how you got into being an entrepreneur and um, your business. How did I get into this? Okay, so I have a master's in social work, and I worked in social work policy for five years, the federal level, in the government, <laughs> um, in a cubicle, in an office. And while I felt like I was doing good work, um, I did not thrive in the beige world. And I also really felt like I needed a lot more like 
immediate impact. So I, in 2012, I jumped ship and packed all my things into my Honda Fit and moved across the country and got my life coaching certification. Um, instead of going like the route of like clinical social work, I was like, no, I don't want all that red tape. So I got that coaching certification and then quickly realized that I also needed to market myself. So I took Marie Forleo's B school in 2012 as well. And then that just kind of spiraled over, you know, it's 2018 now. So for the last six years, I, I got, I fell more and more in love with marketing, with online marketing and with this community and with helping other entrepreneurs, mostly women, although I do have male clients too, to, um, to market themselves. So what advice would you give to people who want to get into social media to, to brand themselves, but they're worried about privacy and also the data collection? We keep hearing about that in the news. Um, what, what advice would you give to people? Well, I mean, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot we can do about the, the data. I mean, it's everywhere. It's done. <laughs> like if you if you get on your computer and go to a website, You data has been collected about you. Like barring social media completely, if you even buy things on Amazon, you are pixeled and captured. <laughs> so um, my advice would be that if you really, really don't want that to happen, for one, shut down your computer and don't get on it anymore, <laughs> and your phone, and maybe move to the jungle. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> that said, <laughs> it sounds inviting yeah. thinking about it now, but go ahead. <laughs> I know, right? No, you're like, hmm. Um, that said, I, you know, this is another thing that is sort of one of my soapboxes, and I don't mean to diminish people's people's fear around this at all because I know there is a dark side to it. But since it is done, I feel like we can use this power for good, and you know, for me. Facebook ads, because um, that's what I specialize in is Facebook and, and, and Instagram ads. They're the most, they have the most granular targeting of anything, you know, we've ever seen before. Like, like, you know, TV commercials, radio commercials, billboards, that was all pandering to the lowest common denominator. And now you can get on, you know, on social media and you can have something if it's done well, that is exactly what you need and exactly what you want. Like, you know, I don't know how many times y'all have been on scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and been like, oh, my God, those shoes are exactly the shoes that I need. That mm -hmm. bra is exactly the bra I need. And that's kind of a beautiful thing. And without that sort of data issue, Facebook and Instagram wouldn't have known that you needed that. <laughs> so I kind of love it. Um, I want the power to be used for good and not evil, but I want that for all technologies. Well, I know I've, I've seen that so many times, you know, and I think in some ways, and tell me if you agree with this, um, it almost kind of from a marketing standpoint levels the playing field because mm -hmm. if like in something that we do with, um, we occasionally will use some Facebook ads, like not a lot, but we'll boost posts here and there so it reaches more of our audience and more people that we think would like it. And we have a very non-dieting, you know, message. And so if we're up against, you know, big old company that has multi-million dollar budget and they're doing, you know, like TV ads and radio ads and all kinds of stuff that we don't have, you know, the budget for at this moment, um, but we can do, you know, $20 on Facebook that will show it to thousands of people, it's kind of nice that our message can get out and, you know, maybe not reach as many people, but it's still going to reach the people that it really matters to and might really resonate with. 
Absolutely. I love that too. I mean, and I still tell people whenever they're like, Oh my God, you know, Facebook, you know, is so expensive. And I'm like, no, dude, it is not <laughs> expensive. <laughs> Compare right. It's going to get expensive at some point. It's going to get a lot more expensive, but um, it's way, it totally levels the playing field and it's way more affordable than traditional forms of marketing. So talk to me about, okay, I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, you know, sometimes we see a lot of women who struggle with self-belief and really in a lot of ways kind of find it hard to give themselves the credit they deserve. And I think that when it comes to women owning businesses, sometimes that can translate into marketing where those beliefs, they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to talk about myself or I don't want people to think that I'm bragging about myself or my accomplishments or, or whatever. Um, do you, do you see that with some of the women that you work with or other women that you know that there's kind of this relux, reluctance to outwardly market or promote themselves? Yeah, yes, absolutely. I do. I do think, you know, women definitely have a higher proportion of people who suffer from imposter syndrome and who have a hard time stepping into the spotlight. In fact, I mean, from my own experience back when I was trying to market myself in 2012 as a life coach, that was my biggest hurdle was that I hated self-promotion. I loved promoting other people and I hated self-promotion. And it was like existential crisis city all the time. Um, and I really had to, and I still have to work through that. But that's why I think entrepreneurship, you know, is, and especially online entrepreneurship is this, it's beautiful because it requires us to, to step up and step out. And you almost like, if you're going to be successful, you have to authentically come into your own and be confident. And I think by the time I, uh, you know, a client comes to me and, you know, can afford to spend as much as they need to spend for um, Facebook ads and having me manage their ads. Um, they've probably dealt with that by that point. But that said, I have definitely, you know, I am there for people to hold their hand through that when they need it. So if somebody's like feeling really nervous about like doing Facebook lives, like I am so here for that to help empower them. And, you know, trying to find the things that will help you feel better. Like if you go to my Facebook page, Almost all of my Facebook lives are discussion, um, discussions or interviews because I do so much better. I'm extroverted. So I do so much better when I'm talking to another person mm -hmm. than I do when I'm just sitting there staring at the computer screen, talking to myself or feeling like I'm talking to myself. So there are ways to like, sort of like, you know, like I said, women act in community. And so the more that we can leverage one another to empower each other and ourselves, I think the better. So how did you work through it? Sorry, Margo. How did you work through your self-promotion stuff yourself? You know, I was going to ask her, right? You know it. <laughs> <laughs> how did I work through that myself? Huh? You know, I mean, it's been several years. I would say that has only been this year that I have really, really been able to do it. I mean, back in the day I did blog. They didn't, we didn't have Facebook live back then. I don't think, um, I did blog and it was like pulling teeth for me and I did post them on Facebook and I did have my website, you know, and my emails that I sent out, but it was really hard for me. I would say it was this year that I was finally able to sort of own my own story. And I think a lot of that kind of came with age and kind of going through certain things that made me feel like a, a badass warrior goddess. <laughs> You know, where I was like, you know what, I am awesome. And I do have an amazing story to tell. So some of that was just like age and experience. Um, some of that was the people that I keep 
close to me, like the friends that I have, the friends that I keep, they say that you're the average of the of your the top five people that you spend the most time with, right? So if you're hanging out with a bunch of really confident warrior goddess babes who all feel really great about themselves and have abundance mindset, then you know that's going to help you too. <laughs> and so I have really good friends. So what are the common mistakes you see people making when they are using social media to raise awareness for their brand? What do you, what do you think are common mistakes they make? Well, okay. So I don't know. Common mistakes would be to, when you talk about social media more generally, that's not totally my bag. My bag right. is really, really paid advertising. Yeah. So with paid ads, um, I think that having professional copy is one of the most important things you can do. And it's an investment and it's, but it's really, really important to have professional copy unless you yourself are a badass copywriter, but it's, um, that having somebody who really, really gets how to reach into the hearts and minds and souls of the audience and tell your story in a way that they're going to be able to, to hear. And that's going to have them scrolling through, you know, um, I think that's really important. And so a mistake would be somebody, you know, trying to DIY and put it together themselves without, you know, without bringing on the team that can help them really, really shine. Um, I also, I mean, I just, I like things to be really polished and to look really good. And that might kind of fly in the face of a lot of advice that people say, you know, like you don't have to be perfect. I'm not saying that things have to be perfect, but if you're going to do really well, like I would say like hire a professional copywriter, get, have, have headshots done, professional headshots, or at least have your friend take a picture with your iPhone 8 that looks really good. And, you know, if you're going to go live, make sure you have like decent lighting. If you have to sit in front of a window because you don't have your diva ring yet, that's fine. But I would just say like, take care, <laughs> like put thought and care into how you're presenting yourself. Good advice. And you've been in business for how long? You've been doing Resonate with Sarah for how long? A year, just a year. A year. Started in January. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you've had, I mean, you've had really, like, really good success for just a year. Do you have, like, a biggest lesson or something that you've learned along the way that you can already look back on in just a year and be like, oh, that taught me a lot? <laughs> well, I mean, I have some from the previous years, too. But the big one from this year that I'm still learning is um, delegation. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a big-time perfectionist. And so, you know, I, I do things a certain way, you know, I want, you know, just like I said, I like, I want the copy to be beautiful. I want the emoji game to be on point. I want the headlines to be capitalized with, you know, how they're supposed to be capitalized. I want <laughs> the spacing to be right. You know, I just, I'm a perfectionist and, you know, and also like having all of the, you know, the less creative, but the more sort of the data pieces and having everything set up in the right te in the technical ways they need to be set up an ads manager all those little things are really hard for me to delegate. And um, if I don't, then it means if I don't figure out how to do that, then it means I'm working 10, 12 hour days, which is not why I got into my own business. <laughs> well, let's talk about so, your day. I mean, what time do you get up in the morning? What's your regular ritual? Because you have so much going on. I know. I get up at, I, I set my alarm for 5 a.m. <laughs> Yikes. Um, and then sometimes earlier, sometimes like 4.45, definitely no earlier than that, but usually 5 a.m. And then I, you know, I might lay there and snuggle my, my kid and I still sleep in the same bed. I have a king size bed though, so we get our distance, but um, he's three. And so I usually snuggle him a little bit and then um, 
roll out of bed and go make my coffee. <laughs> and then I put in my, my AirPod headphones and put on a playlist, roll out my mat, light a candle, turn off all the lights. And I start doing this sort of ritual dance yoga meditation practice <laughs> for about an hour. Okay. What is that about? Yeah. I want to know all about that. Well, it started a little over a year ago. Um, a girlfriend of mine, and I, I have my yoga teacher certification. I got in 2010 and I have struggled to have my own personal practice. Like I do great in classes. I do great if somebody's telling me what to do, but I've always struggled with my own personal practice, even with a teacher teaching certification. And then a little over a year ago, a dear friend of mine, Camille, um, had this dance challenge, um, of like getting up and dancing to one song every morning. And so I, I took it upon myself to start that last December, November, December, and I did it for four months. I had like a goal of doing it for four months. And after four months, I was hooked and I will never look back. And it, it, it evolved from dancing to one song every morning to, oh, wow, dancing really gets me into my body and so like feeling my own intuition. So it started to turning into to yoga. And then, oh, wow, when after I dance into yoga, I'm feeling really, really centered and I can meditate for, for longer periods of time. And then, you know, I feel really tapped in. So I would like like certain thoughts would come to me like mantras that that I needed to, to um, focus on. And then journaling became a thing for me and drawing a tarot card became a thing every morning. And so now I just have this hour long thing started with five minutes and now it's an hour and I can't live without it. It's so, I mean, I do live without it. I don't do it on the weekends cause my, cause toddler. Um, yeah. and if I'm traveling, I won't always do it, but, mm -hmm. but you know, five days a week though, man, it's, it's everything. And especially cause I have such a frenetic mind and life. I need that hour to like really, really um, tap into something much bigger than Facebook ads. <laughs> what's the What's the music? Do I was you, just going to ask a, that. Yeah, <laughs> right. What's the song? What was the song you played every day? Oh, it's a different song every day. Oh, okay. It's what are your favorite song? Oh gosh, you know when I first started out, it was more poppy. And you know what was cool about my friend Camille's challenge is that she she would send a song every morning. So this was an actual like email. She doesn't have it anymore where I would send you all there immediately. But it was she would send you would wake up to your inbox a song, a link to a Spotify. Um, and so the song would end up. So you didn't know what the song was going to be and you just had to go with it. And, you know, I would find myself like crying or thrashing with, you know, and getting into like anger emotions, all kinds of stuff. Um, so I don't, you know, but I, I started out with some like more pop stuff, like, you know, Beyonce is really fun. Um, but now I don't even know the names of the stuff I listen to. It's like, it's like, can I, can I swear on this thing? Yes. You want to say it's hippie shit. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like all like airy fairy, like yeah, totally. mystic-y kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Just like there's, I mean, they, I don't like all of that that kind of music and it's certainly not the kind of music I listen to when I'm like writing in my car and like doing stuff but like in the morning for that ritual um yeah I've got yeah I've got lots of playlists I I mean but I always revisit um Florence and the Machine and um Marianne Hill and um you know I've got several that I keep coming back to that are a little bit more popular but for the most part it's it's hippie shit 
So how does that help you in in your different kind of roles that you play as just, you know, being a human and then being a mom and being a business owner? Like how does how does that set you up for the day? Well, in terms of like being a mom, I'm a single mom, a full on single mom, which means I don't have a local co-parent helping me out. So I, you know, that hour, sometimes my kid will wake up in the middle of it and that's fine. But typically that hour is like my sacred hour. And that's why I get up so damn early. And so it really helps me not feel resentful. It helps me feel like be a better mom to have that space for myself. And then in terms of my day, like it helps me come back to myself because I know last year, 2017, I was working um, for another agency and I was working my ass off like um, like 70 hours a week and I did not have this practice and I was crazy. I was mean to my friends and to my baby. I was just stressed the F out and this really keeps me something like coming back. At least I know that once every 24 hours I come back to a place of stillness and calm and intuition and being, I don't know how woo y'all are, but getting sort of like tapped into sort of whatever sort of universe, God, source, woo shit <laughs> um, that I can tap into for at least an hour every day. We're pretty woo. We can go pretty woo. Yeah, you're good. You're in company. You're in safe company here. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, you know, a, a couple years ago, I had this a really magical trip to Costa Rica. It was my second time there. Um, this was in 2017. And I, it was the most, it was just this huge spiritual epiphany for me. And I have never really been the same ever since then. It was like a, a magical moment with a waterfall. And now that waterfall is tattooed on my left arm. <laughs> but I, I would say that my morning practice helps me tap back into that, whatever that was. Well, now you got to tell us about the magical moment. Really? Yeah. Right? Right, Margo? Yes. Where's Margo? Where's Margo? Wait, can you hear me? Margo's muted. Oh, now we can. Yeah, you were just Sorry. The radiator <laughs> is going off in my apartment. So if you hear a hissing sound, everything's okay. It's just cold. <laughs> <laughs> There's not, you're not being like attacked by a snake or anything. No. <laughs> by He's in the jungle going out. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the jungle. Yeah. It's also. <laughs> magical moment. I want to hear about the magical moment. And you do too, Margo? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so this was shortly after he who shall not be named was elected. And yes. I was really stressed out working a lot. Um, and, 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 and I had taken my um, day job back, you know, I quit back in 2012, but I had to take it back very temporarily um, because of personal reasons. And so I was sort of depressed about that and feeling like really disillusioned um, with at the macro level and the micro level. And, um, you know, single mom. And I took this time away by myself to Costa Rica to sort of get my act together, get my shit together, figure out how I was going to cope. Because, oh my God, I was crazy. I was like, I was like, thinking about buying a gun and I'm totally like not, I'm a liberal. Um, and I was just, I was in crazy mode. Um, listening to NPR 24 hours a day. And so I go there and I, I mean, it, I had this amazing experience. Um, it was right next to a waterfall where we were, where we were staying and I was at a yoga retreat 
And I just remember looking at the waterfall and I was, I was convinced that the world was about to end, that the, the planet earth was going to buck us off. <laughs> and I had this moment where I was looking like I was at the waterfall and there were lots of moments, but this was like the peak, one of the first ones where I just felt this sense of calm. And I felt this sense of no, the earth is not going to buck us off because we are her. We are conscious embodiment of the planet. The planet, it has a disease like an autoimmune disorder, like cancer or something where it is attacking itself. And so she is doing everything she can to, to consciously heal. Just like, you know, whenever you guys probably have some sort of illness or sickness, or when I have an illness or sickness, I do everything I can to try to consciously heal it. Um, that's exactly what our planet is trying to do by waking individuals up one by one. Um, so I just had that sort of epiphany and I try to stay tapped into that as much as possible. Did I get way too deep and weird? No, no. I mean, it, oh, a lot beautiful. of people felt that way, you know, <laughs> still feel that way. So yeah. yeah, yeah. We're still dealing with that. I mean, every morning, like I try to connect to white light and then like send healing energy down to the crystal core of the earth. So Okay. Thank you, Jen. I just really needed to hear I needed to hear that so I didn't feel so alone. <laughs> it sounds pretty well, pretty crazy, but that's that's really what I do every day. I'm like, well, it's the least yeah. I can do, right? Since I'm gonna down there, like, sorry about what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean and just like I think I feel like like knowing that we're not separate from yeah. from the planet, but that we are we are part of the planet. Like the plants and the animals and us, we are all part of the planet and not something separate and the, the poor the poor planet has has um an awful self self whatever mutilation problem mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? what's interesting is that i was talking to my husband about something similar this the other day and he like a completely different take on it he was like um he's like no he's like you've got it wrong he's like well yeah we're all like one but like the planet's gonna be fine the earth's gonna be fine yeah we're just we're just going to destroy ourselves and like everything else on it. No, I mean, I feel like that's similar. I I don't feel like that's necessarily incongruent with what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, I feel like it's like, okay, so either the planet, you know, succeeds in healing us, healing herself by waking us up, helping us wake up, giving us the opportunity to wake up, or she cuts the tumor off. Mm. The planet's going to yeah. be fine. Right. But, yeah. you know, yeah, we might not. We might not. Like, the this, this, the, the planet may decide that, no, no bueno, sorry, you guys, you know, you missed the boat. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> Your time is over. But, <laughs> but I do think, but I do think that the first line of defense would be to, to heal through natural methods. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you got cancer, right? Um, like, or if I got cancer, I won't talk about you getting cancer. If I got cancer, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> if I got cancer, I know that my first line of defense, or I'm pretty sure, I can't know for sure. I'm pretty sure that my first line of defense would be to try to do something. Not, I would try first to, to go to that Hippocrates healing Institute. If I could afford it, wherever that is in Florida or something, I would try to like hell, unless it was like dire urgent to to heal myself as naturally as possible with like you know meditation food all the things yeah. <laughs> um 
before I went to to more extreme measures. And so that's that's my metaphor. I love it. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, you know, a few years ago, you used to work at the CDC. And yeah. Can you tell me what was your biggest challenge when you worked there? It could have been a health challenge or getting information out to people kind of challenge. Like, what was the big challenge for you there? The big challenge with working at CDC? Yeah. Like, was there some sort of um, um, illness that, you know, you needed to try to get information out to people and it was really oh. hard to do that? You know what I mean? Well, I worked primarily in the Division of Violence Prevention um, on violence against women and children. Mm. And previous to that, I had worked with survivors and perpetrators of domestic violence and child maltreatment. So I was in a very non-traditional part of CDC um, where we weren't working. I mean, violence is an epidemic, but I wasn't working on traditional epidemic disease Mm -hmm. um, for the most part. So... You know, I would say some of our big challenges were that we were hamstrung around certain things because um, conservative Congress mandated that we couldn't do research on gun violence and, you know, that kind of thing. But overall, it was more a challenge around just my own personality and working in the federal government. And I also worked in a congressional office in D.C. for a year. Mm -hmm. I'm somebody who wants I I like to see immediate impact as much as possible. And I like to... um, I like to interact with people on a very, very sort of like deep level. And so, you know, working in a beige cubicle and, and, you know, going to a bunch of meetings to talk about meetings, to talk Mm -hmm. about the strategy of the meeting strategy, which is basically what happens in federal jobs is meetings to talk about meetings. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't, it wasn't for me, but a lot of people thrive there and it's a great, I mean, it's, they do great work um, when they can, but things just move slowly, you know, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of paperwork. A lot of my job was like putting things in templates, mm. <laughs> like, like, you know, reporting, like, you know, you have to do a lot of reporting, which I have to do for Facebook ads too, but it's on a much smaller scale. And it's like weekly reporting, not like reporting on the last 10 years and like, you know, putting, putting different stats into different templates for different people. And it's just boring. <laughs> <laughs> there are, and that was because I was I was working in I was in the policy office. You know, there are people who work way more directly with with grantees and with people across the country. And I did um, have a detail working for the Global AIDS Program in Tanzania for six months, so I did get some a lot more um, direct work than what my normal job was. But even then, I I'm just not somebody who should be working in an office and a bureaucracy right <laughs> i need i need to be running my own show period and it's just my own that's just my personality so i know you touched on being a yoga instructor and a life coach just briefly but can you talk about how i'm assuming this is true that some of those roles and some of that experience really kind of led you to the business that you have today yeah so well being getting into life coaching um i i definitely found that i liked I like helping people. I like helping people move through their, their blocks. I like, you know, um, having, you know, providing insights for people when I can and, um, or, you know, helping people awaken to their own insights. I love all of that stuff. That's, that's beautiful work. Um, and the, the yoga, you know, I think it comes from a similar place of like really wanting to tap into some sort of like, 
spiritual energy and you know i think like conscious embodiment like moving our bodies in a way that is more conscious and aligned with um our own health and well-being um all of that stuff sort of ties together the, the coaching and the yoga um so then as i was trying to market myself um i found that that was very very hard for me so i have a lot of empathy for other people who are trying to do that and then when I was talking to clients, I found that they struggled with the same things, but I found it a lot easier to talk to them about their marketing issues <laughs> and work through that with them. And so I started dabbling in digital marketing for myself and then for, for my clients. And I started to transition myself away from being sort of more the like emotional life coaching stuff into being the person who is like helping them through their their marketing existential crises and actually helping them implement it and then over the years you know I was doing just like helping people with like writing their blogs and finding their voice and um, you know social media and then I started dabbling in Facebook ads oh and I was doing web design and web development stuff too although pretty amateur at this point um, and then I started um, dabbling in Facebook ads for friends and for clients and then last early last year I when I had that I had to go back to my old CDC job and I was super bummed about it and then I mean I was also grateful just so any of my CDC friends that may be listening super grateful for that job <laughs> but I took a, I found an opportunity to work as the Facebook ads manager the only Facebook ads manager for a digital marketing agency that was really small at the time and I found very quickly that I freaking loved Facebook ads, like love, love. I was thinking in Facebook ads. I was like every single thing that I did, even in yoga class, I was thinking about Facebook ads. I was obsessed. Um, and I loved the clients. And I found that like doing even like working with the Facebook ads clients, I found myself utilizing my um, life coaching and social worky background with them whenever they were having like anxiety around money stuff or anxiety around like putting themselves out there, all that stuff. Like I just found that I absolutely loved it, but I was so, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I was so good at it that the agency piled more and more and more and more work on top of me. Um, even though I was like screaming for them to hire more people or slow down the intakes that by the end of the year, I was so burnt out that I, decided to jump ship and start my own thing with my own values. And so now I kind of consider myself the, the Facebook ads agency with, with soul, with heart. So, you know, I bring that social work, life coaching, yoga, sort of abundance mindset and emotional maturity <laughs> to the table with, with this marketing thing. Do you use Facebook for fun or is it only for Facebook ads for you? Oh my God, that's such a good question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. <laughs> I Yes. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Way to go, journalist. You know, not really anymore. <laughs> I, yeah. I, um, I mean, I find my work fun. Like, I really do like my work, so that's fun. But I don't scroll on Facebook anymore for fun, and I very rarely post on Facebook on my personal page. Very rarely. So, and if I do, it's usually business related. So no, not really. And even Instagram, like I don't do it for fun. That, that, that was much. my next question. That was literally my next question. Like, what mm -hmm. about Instagram? 
Yeah. No, and I need to step up my Instagram game for sure. I do. It's like I do better with other people's marketing sometimes than I do with my with my own. Although, you know, I've been doing a pretty good job. But so you, um, you do Instagram ads too, since they're all yeah, kind of like combined. It's all combined. It's all managed out of um, Facebook Ads Manager, so it's no skin off my back to do some story ads and some Instagram ads. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't do a whole lot on social media for funsies for yourself. It's okay. Yeah. You need to unwind from it, right? Like at the end of the night or you yeah. Just, yeah, I, I can understand that. Yeah, no, it's totally true. I don't, I'm not really interested. I still, you know, I'll still, I don't even really want to look at screens anymore by the end mm-hmm. of the day. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I should watch like that cool new Netflix show. And I'm like, I don't want to watch the cool new Netflix show. I need to do something else. I've been there for sure. For sure. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So where can people find you on the web and, and on social media? Yeah. So on the web, I'm resonate with Sarah.com and Sarah is spelled without an H and you can find my, my um, promo video that I was talking about, but also even better than that, my blooper reel. Yes. I love that. (laughs) It is good. I watched it. I watched it. It's great. Um, but that's, um, also on my Facebook biz page, which is facebook.com backslash resonate with Sarah, no H and same for Instagram resonate with Sarah. And we just have one more question for you. If you're ready, I'm ready. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. What was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview? Okay. I have to look at my Spotify. (laughs) Get a hundred percent accurate response. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it would be whatever I was dancing to this morning. That was I so, was gonna ask. I'm like, is that the song? Well, the last thing I listened to was something that's not a song at all. It was like this meditation brain waves thing. Oh, so, Ooh. that probably doesn't count. What kind of right? brain waves? It's called um, binaural beats, and it's mm-hmm. like this like. It's supposed to do something. I don't know, guys. Don't ask <laughs> I just me what found it, does. it. Wait, there's deep sleep. I got there's some that are there's some deep sleep. There there's all sorts of. It's supposed to sort of like get you into this like theta wave state in your brain that is like really 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 calming. Wow. Yeah. There's beats, universe, creations. Well, I'm gonna go woo, woo myself out here for a while. Yeah. Go get, woo, <laughs> go get wooed out. So let's see if I can figure out what I most recently. I don't know how to do this. Recently played. Let's see. I can say that one of my favorites, and I know I heard it this morning, I don't know if it was the last song I listened to, is Trevor Hall, and the song is called A Reminder. We'll look hmm. that up. Me too. I'm not familiar. Yeah, me but neither. I should be. Oh, it's, yes. it's hippie shit. It's some hippie okay. shit. We like hippie okay, shit. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> hippie <song. laughs> Thank you so much for appearing on the show today. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitboundgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. 
And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening.